What's going on, everyone, and happy summer to all of you. This is Isaiah Jones, the Parent Program Coordinator here at Utah State University, and you're listening to Aggie Parent and Family Podcast. Here we share practical advice from leading USU experts and students to help guide both you and your student in your journey at Utah State. Today I have with me some great guests. This episode is long overdue. We got a little behind schedule, but we are back up and running with Chapel Taylor Olson, who is a health and wellness coordinator here at Utah State University in our extension program. And we have Ashley Yager with us as well, who is also professor here at Utah State University in the extension program. And today we are going over how you can express your feelings and be more gentle and less blaming with your student or with whoever you find yourself with family members, friends, new people. And we're going to go over a great article that they wrote that we put in Campus ESP. They got a lot of traction. So thanks for all of you for looking that up just a few months ago. And remember, you're more than welcome to reach out to us at any moment. I know the summer is a great time, but a busy time. So if you have any questions either about the summer semester or if you're getting ready and geared up for the fall or you have a student coming back from leave or from a deferment, please feel free to reach out at isaiah.jones at usu.edu. We're here to help. Thanks, and hope you enjoy this episode. Go Aggies. Can you tell us a little bit about exactly what you mean by feelings and emotions, and how does this connect to healthy relationships? Happy to. Our Part of our research that we do is, with extension, our focus is on health and wellness, and the opioid crisis is one of our main focuses. And when we talk about health and wellness, one thing that is often forgotten is healthy relationships, which plays a big part in how we're feeling, what we're doing, and how we cope with things in our day-to-day lives. So that's one way that we want to talk about emotions because it is something that helps us to cope and connect and have healthy relationships. So this all flows really nicely together with some of our past research and things that we've done. And what we mean by emotions are those day-to-day, every little thing, feelings that you have that come up and including things like happiness, sadness, and expressing those different feelings and talking about those deep core feelings in your relationships can help your relationship be more healthy. And we're so happy to talk about some of the ways to do that today. Yeah, that's great. I think one of the things when we think like misconceptions of feelings and emotions, my only background are some of the Disney movies, or I guess it's Pixar. Anyways, with the people who chat and have emotions and turn different colors. Inside anyway, out. Yeah. Inside out. Yes. One. So that, that's, that was the extent of my background, but I know there's been a lot of folks engaging your piece. And so just being able to spell that out a little bit is, is really helpful. What would you say are some of the practices that you'd recommend? I know you talked about several in the article that might help us understand uh, feelings and emotions. Really, the first thing you have to do is to understand it for yourself before you can try to express it to somebody else. So, you know, taking some time to look inwardly and put a name to what you're feeling. And um, one of the things that we talk about in the article is, you know, if that feeling is predominantly mad, (laughs) angry, it's probably good to start with like taking a second 
to allow that to calm and and really contemplate what is underneath that like what what need is not being met or what emotion is there underneath that anger and then making sure that you take time to talk to the people the person the people that you love about what you're feeling and that time needs to be made you know available to you you can't just squeeze it in between you know when you're you're somebody's halfway out the door but you also don't want to just bottle things up and wait until you have you know half a dozen things that kind of explode all over so finding that balance between making sure you're making time and and not letting that wait too long and then the way that we talk about feelings is really important making sure that we're we're stating our feelings as i statements i feel this i feel angry i feel sad i feel lonely, whatever that emotion is, stating it as, as belonging to you and not letting that bleed over into blame for that person making you feel a certain way, you know, taking ownership of, of your experience. And, and one of the things I thought was really interesting when we were researching was how easy it is for that to bleed over into, to actually expressing something that's an opinion rather than an emotion. I think the way that our language has shifted, it's really common for us to say, I feel about, about all kinds of different things that aren't really emotions. You know, I feel like you should be coming home earlier in the, in the evenings. That's not really a feeling. That's, that's what you'd like to see happen. That's the action that you want to happen. You could say, I feel sad when I don't get to spend time with you at the end of the day. But that leaves things a lot more open for a discussion where you're owning the feeling that you're having about the situation and leaving some middle ground for the other person to have a dialogue with you about how to solve that, that problem. So those are kind of the main things that, that we talked about in the article and then ending with just making sure that you're listening to leaving space for that other person to have their side of the story, to bring their solutions and bring your own solutions to how you think the situation could be solved. Yeah, I know for me, when I say things like, I feel like you're late or any of those sorts of sly uh, under the table remarks, a lot of it is fatigue. Like I'm just, I'm so tired that I'm just saying things, but I, I, I've found it helpful like after I read this of trying to articulate it way in advance because you can usually feel it bubbling up. And I think a lot of times I just get in a really tired state. I know there's a lot of folks out there who are similar. And then instead of articulating it and describing the feeling, you start, you know, noting the actions that you would like to happen and those kinds of things. So that's super helpful. I know that in the article that you all talked about the importance of being vulnerable and telling our loved ones how we feel. Why would you say this is important? I actually love this question, and I think it relates to what you were just saying, Isaiah, about how you get fatigued and tired, and then it's hard to make time to have tough conversations sometimes. Expressing our feelings is not always easy, and in fact, I would argue that it's most of the time rather difficult for people, because that's not how we're raised and not how a lot of people interact and talk with I feel statements, right? It feels very hard and difficult. But being vulnerable and expressing some of your deep feelings and concerns and issues and having that moment to connect with your family or your loved ones is really important and opening yourself up like that and having and being vulnerable and kind of raw with your loved ones can let them in to see a part of you and you can see a part of them that will actually strengthen your relationship and make it more healthy. And in particular with parents, sharing our experiences and our feelings with our children, oftentimes we forget to say how we feel. 
And we're like, well, you need to use I statements, use I feel. We're very good at telling our children to say, how do you feel? Okay, like, right? So it's, it's easy for us to say that, but it's hard to uh, sort of show them that and show them what and model what we want to see. But it's really important for healthy relationships to be vulnerable as parents, as loved ones in every relationship, friendships. This goes across the board because we feel connected to people when they're willing to share their vulnerabilities with us and feelings are vulnerable and it takes work, like you said, and it's, it's worth the work. I think that what you were saying about being tired and having things kind of come out involuntarily or without conscious decision of how you're going to phrase it is really part of that finding the right time to talk about it and, and not waiting until it bubbles to that point And you're, you're so exhausted that it's just like, <laughs> and I think that's really hard to do, especially all of us are so busy and to find that time to connect with another person who's also busy can be really hard, but it's an important step to take because it, it is just exhausting and trying to talk about something that's vulnerable and hard when you're tired is probably too much to ask of yourself. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings up the next question as well. So my wife is, um, she works in the ICU, she works nights. And a lot of times I like live in the fatigue, got three kids, four and below. And, you know, we state how we feel, right? We state how we feel to our loved ones, but what should we avoid? Are there certain things we should avoid saying, I'm pretty sure that I've done about two or three that I would want to take back. But what are some of those that you, if you were to recommend to parents, like, yeah, try to avoid this when, even when you're trying to articulate how you feel to someone that you love. Well, first I'll say something and then I'm going to pass it to Chapel to add to this. I think as parents, what the first step to avoid is being too hard on ourselves and acknowledging that everyone makes mistakes and it's okay to make a mistake. The important thing is recognizing it and trying and going back and saying, Hey, you know, I don't think I handled that situation the way that I want to. Can we have a conversation and let's sit down and talk about how we're feeling and recognizing that that's one thing that we have to avoid as parents being too hard on ourselves because there are ways to make it so that we can come back and talk again when we've noticed oh man I did not handle that the way that I wanted to like you were saying and I think another one that we can avoid and is are things like accusations opinions and a lot of times those will come out like you statements. So if you're feeling like you're saying a lot of, well, you did this and you make me feel that is a sign to you to step back and say, okay, maybe I'm still a little too heightened with anger, or I'm feeling a little bit too intense right now. I need to take a break and identify really how I feel. So I can use more of those I statements and opinions are things that we can avoid as well, because when we're talking with loved ones, the most important thing we can do is validate. And by validate, what I mean is acknowledging what they're feeling and what they're expressing, even if you don't agree with it, because opinion doesn't have any place with feelings. So we can say, I understand that you are feeling upset. I understand, or I see that you are hurt right now. Let's talk about it. So you can validate without saying, oh, I think that you need to just pull up your bootstraps and get back to work, right? You can still validate a student say, gosh, that's really hard right now, or your child or your partner, whoever it is you're talking with, you can validate without those opinions. It's tough, but you can do it 
and be kind to yourself as you learn this process. It takes a lot of time and effort and don't do it when you're tired, as we've talked about. How should we present our ideas? I mean, we just kind of touched on it, but how should we present our ideas to improve the situation? Like once we've been clear to our loved ones, again, I'm thinking of multiple, I'll be compassionate to myself, but I can think of multiple where you always statements. I usually do the pronouncements. You always do this. You're always, and it's, you can usually, as soon as you let it out, because it seems like one of the persons is always in a different state than the other. And so like, if my wife is feeling more in the emotion category or wanting to articulate it instead of validating, all of a sudden I want to have like a Lincoln Douglas debate and it would probably get to step back and say, okay, I can see how hard that would be being with the kids all day or how hard that would be to work all night. But instead, right, it's 8am. I've had my coffee before she has. So I want to have a debate. But what are some of the things that you would say that can help us present our ideas to improve the situation once we've been clear about all of this? Well, I really liked one of the quotes that came up when I was doing my research, which was problem solving together makes negative feelings lift. And I think that's kind of something to focus on is think for yourself, what solutions could I think of that could solve the situation? And then maybe having a couple in mind, bringing a couple of solutions to the table so that that can show the other person that you're open to hearing their solutions as well. And genuinely being open is really important. And thinking through it together, trying to talk through what ideas you have, how those ideas, you know, work and where they fall short and, and then being open to trying and then knowing that it might not totally solve it, but, but trying something together. I think that bringing that open-mindedness and opportunity for a discussion between, between the parties is really, is really the, the important process and whether it solves the problem or whether it doesn't solve that problem, whether you don't get to a solution in that conversation, isn't really the point. The point is, is trying to have that open dialogue. And I think, I know for myself, I've often found that once I've actually had the conversation, I've been able to express how I'm feeling. Sometimes that's all that it really takes. Sometimes there isn't any solving it because it is just hard to have the kids all day or to work all night and to come home and not feel connected to the person that you're, you know, most dependent on and love the most. Sometimes those situations just aren't really totally solvable, but having the conversation expressing your emotions, listening to their emotions and coming up with some solutions together. Sometimes that all is, that's not really all it takes to, to move forward and have that closer relationship. And I would add to that. It's, it's iterative, right? This process is not one step. It, you can come back and do this whole circle again. So you start at the top with your I statements and your expressions of feelings and you get to solutions and maybe you have to start over with I statements again, and that's okay. Right? So being kind to yourselves and knowing that you might have to come back to the same conversation more than one time. But the important thing is to express and to validate each other during that moment and recognize that you might have to do it again. That is very helpful, especially I feel like in the context of COVID. I was the type previously that I would, you know, have my big theory and I would try to mesh myself into it and be like, I'm going to follow the seven steps, you know. And now I feel like more than ever, it's like, kind of got to work from below and see what works and what's, what sticks, what's awkward, what's sort of not my temperament, things like that. But I think this advice is really helpful um, in thinking like, hey, you can make changes. It's not like you have to follow it in a way that doesn't work for you. Is there anything that I've left out that 
you all would want to add to our discussion today? Well, one thing that I just wanted to say is, as I was doing the research for this, I found so much great information and great resources, and it's it's a short little article. So there was a lot that I couldn't include, a lot of different angles and, and ideas and research on these subjects. And so if this is something that interests you or a problem that you're facing in your own life, I would say to definitely look at the resources at the end of our article and, and look at this as a launching off point. There's a lot out there that's worth reading and I would encourage you to go look for it. I second that. And I think checking out the extension relationship website with USU, it's extension.usu.edu forward slash relationships. And I think you've linked it in your article as well. I think there's so many wonderful resources on that page that even if we're talking about how to interact with loved ones, it's about relationships, but there's also some on there about being kind to yourself and acknowledging, you know, some of that self-compassion that comes into this tough work of talking about our feelings and not being blaming and doing so. And that does really start with, as Chapel said, identifying your own feelings, and that can be really tough. Um, and I think that's really, that's it, right? Like, seek more knowledge, seek and practice this. It takes practice. So look at those resources, check out the extension resources and um, take time to practice. Great. Well, thank you too for coming on. We'll make sure that we put all of those links in the show notes. I'm glad that folks are engaging this piece. It's helpful for me. Sometimes I'm quietly actually like stealing all the advice, you know? So thank you so much for writing it. And as always, go Aggies.